Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to My Millennial Money Property. We've got John here and Glenn. Hi. 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 (laughs) You're John, I'm Glenn. Hey, thanks to Wellman Finance for supporting My Millennial Money Property. Do you need a home loan? Do you need an investment loan? Do you need to find the right mortgage product? There'd almost be thousands of mortgage products, wouldn't there, across the marketplace? Yeah, le- yeah, lenders, nearly 100, but um, yeah, products, wow. Because like the top four banks, for example, like they've probably got five or six yeah. products for each mortgage for home and investment, right? It's a minefield. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how the brokers do it. Well, it's their their thing. They, they're in it every day and mm. they get to know what's right for each situation. Yeah. I, I think the biggest question mark people have is, is a broker going to look across more than just one bank for me sort of thing? So, mm. which is a, <laughs> quite a valid question, isn't it? Yeah. And Sean and the team at Wellman Finance, they're experts in home and investment loans. Like they don't pretend to be anything else. No. You know, if you go there with a tax question, they won't go, oh yeah, do this, do that. Yeah, yeah. They'll go, well, have you got a good accountant? No. Okay. We'll talk to these people. Like, Yeah. And a, and a lot of brokering firms actually have a lot of um, other strings to their bow that they're maybe not experts in either, don't they? Like Mm. They might run a financial planning business out of there and um, have a few different offerings. Yeah, but I guess it's just important whatever you do, like if you're going to a mortgage broker, you want them to be the professional broker in your corner. Totally. Like yep. it's nice if they've got other parts within the business, but yep. Sean's not going to sit there and talk to you about tax or financial planning or anything no. like that. No. So, mm. if you are interested in learning more about Wellman Finance, wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. He's in Melbourne. So, Melbourne people, if you want to be face-to-face with a good broker, mm. you can uh, you can jump on and contact Sean and yeah. he'll help you out. He will. So, boom or gloom. So, we hear a lot about, you know, it's all or nothing, basically, yeah. isn't it, with, yeah. um, with investing. So, what's boom and gloom in your eyes? I think boom is is quite easy to understand or, or get a feeling of in the general marketplace. Um, what's happening is when we go to open homes, there's there's dozens of people at that open home at any one time. The stock on the market at any one time is very low, so people go frustrated into one, miss out, go to the next one. Same thing happens. Generally, what happens as a result of all that is out of frustration and a lot of times they'll buy something which is over the odds of what it's actually worth so that's a good example of when we're in a boom market Um, the days on market are very low so what i mean by days on market is if you've got a property that's listed tomorrow and it might be 14 days on market before it's under contract right so in a slow market or a flat market, that might be 60 or 90 or 120 days, um, depending on which location that you're in. So, 
yeah, definitely looking at days on market. Definitely looking at um, stock available on at, at, at any one time through realestate.com or domain, which are your main two. And uh, then just a general sentiment of being in the area. Um, people are talking about the property market and how the prices are, are going up and how there were so many at an open home. Uh, rental vacancies are usually very low as well. So percentage-wise um, should be probably anywhere between 1% and 2% at the most, um, which is about two weeks a year of vacancy if it's 2%. Right. Okay. Anything else you want to add on on that? So then gloom is... My, my definition of gloom is almost the opposite of that. So the days on market are extended. So as I mentioned, 120, 160, 150 days. The open homes uh, have very little attendance to them there's a lot of stock on the market to to pick and choose from so it's essentially a buyer's market in the in the real estate agent's eyes not a vendor's market so in a boom is very much a vendor's market Mm. right they get to pick and choose who they're going to sell it to and at what price and in a lot of cases Mm. Mm. and how much does the media play in i guess the buyer's sentiment massive and i haven't mentioned that yet because what overrides a lot of this is what's happening in the media so uh, and we've we've witnessed this in recent years where the the property markets were in a lot of ways dictated by the media where they said that the property market's hot um in in sydney um and Three months later, they've said, well, the property market's gloom, like it's all overpriced, um, properties aren't selling, they're, they're selling at a loss, all those sort of things. As we know, as experienced investors, property market doesn't go from boom to, to gloom in three months, right? Mm. <laughs> it takes an, a number of months, if not years, to, to transform through to that, uh, to that stage, so... But the general consensus is, well, if I'm reading it in a newspaper or hearing it on the on the radio, it's a quick snippet of something that's appeared on Domain or realestate.com or RP Data. It's not the full facts of what's actually happening on the ground, but people take it as reality, and of course now that's the truth. Mm. So, yeah, the market or, or the, the media plays a massive part in people's mindset, and that's where... We need to rise above that and, and understand the, the numbers for what they are and, and do, do your own research. Mm-hmm. And if, you, if you're, because there's two investment strategies with property, right? It's buy, hold, yield, play. So mm. yield is return. So, um, you know, we've got a strong rental return, uh, which can be sometimes regional centers yep. um, where the capital price is pretty stable, but the rent's really good. Yep. Or the other strategy is capital growth. So I'm going in, I'm stealing a property, yeah. it will increase in value, then I strip the equity out or sell it or whatever and go yeah. again. Yeah. What do we want to invest in when we are wanting to achieve maximum capital growth? Mm. So I think there's three ways you can you can make money in real estate. So one is buying at discount two is adding value to something through renovation or building on it whatever that may be 
and three is capital growth. Now, the third one is usually what most people naturally want, right, because that has the biggest impact over time. Now, what people go searching for, being the capital growth, is the least in their control. So they look at it and say, well, okay, I'll buy something for 400000 and in, in three years' time, it's going to be worth 600000 Well, what's that based on? Is it on, on someone's fact sheet? Is it, is it in the media? What's that all based on? And we've got to look at, well, what's historically, what's it done in the last five to ten years, right? Has it been through a growth phase? If it has been through a significant growth phase in the last five years, what are the chances of it happening again in the next five? Mm. Historically, I'd say very low, right? Because if property's already gone up 60%, is it going to go up another 60%? Probably not, right? It's hit a ceiling. It's retracted from that ceiling. And usually then the, the local need time to adapt to that price. Rents need to catch up. And then it starts its growth phase again. With share investing, for example, there's a, a thing they call it the dead cat bounce. Right. Have you heard of that in property circles? Yeah, I suppose. And I, and I will explain what it is for the listeners. Yeah. Um, before you answer that. So basically, there might be a correction in the market or a stock. Mm. So if a stock might fall 20% overnight, right? Yeah. And then all the bargain hunters go in and there's a bit of a spike. So it might spike 10%. It's yeah. like, okay, well, it's fine. It's recovered. Yeah. But then a couple of days later, whatever, it falls another 30%. So it's kind of, it's, it's the dead cat bouncing. And if you Google dead cat bouncing diagram, you'll be able to see it. Yeah. But do you see that sometimes in property markets? I think that's where property is very boring. Mm. Like you, you won't see those spikes because of the fact that there's not the massive emotion of the the daily transacting of share investing where mm. i buy something one day sell it the next where so what you may see is is a recovery phase where the general sentiment is starting to improve so what i spoke about before the days on market are reducing there's more people coming to inspection or to to appointments um open homes the the general feel is is a lot stronger or starting to improve right mm. Mm. so i take the Perth market, for example, in the last few years, that's been hurting in terms of vacancy rates. They've been up around 6 7% in a lot of suburbs. That's starting to come down. So there's a general feeling that's a little bit more hopeful, right? It's, it's probably not in an ideal position right now, but we'd call that starting to recover. Mm. So over time, and, and that's what I mean by the media having an impact, the media could report that Perth's about to boom Mm. right but it also could take another two years before it actually starts to show some movement so that's how long it takes in in property so it's quite a boring process to be honest if you want the adrenaline rush don't buy property yeah and i guess like that's where we look at the media like well and even advertising like there's so much stuff on tv and radio at the moment it's like buy in brisbane buy in brisbane you want the next opportunity you can get in there for this and all that yeah i mean you guys were in brisbane Four years ago. Yeah, that's before right. Before the mainstream media and different companies were really capitalizing on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and there was a few different reasons for that. And, but most of it was everyone was keeping their eye on Sydney and Melbourne because they were in boom phase. Yeah. They forgot out 
about poor Brisbane. Mm, shout out mm. if you're in Brisbane. Yeah. So what are the main indicators that you would want to look for when buying a property to determine whether it is boom or bust? If, there was the, if you had top three. In the general suburb itself? Yeah, or yep. just, yeah. So for example, yep. you might be in Adelaide at the yeah. moment and yep. you're like, I want to buy a house in Adelaide. What do I want to look for to determine if Adelaide is in boom or bust. Yeah. So taking taking personal situations away from it and just looking at it in its rawest form as an investment, um, the first one I'd definitely look at is what's the days on market? How long is it taking to move each property that comes on it's listed? Is that trending south as in is, is it reducing uh, as, as each month goes by? The second one I would look at is um, vacancy rates. What's the percentage vacancy rate in that suburb? And what's it also been trending like in the last, say, three to five years? So it gets a, a good and a, a strong enough trend to be able to, to analyse it effectively, right? And then the, the third one would actually be involved more of getting your hands dirty. So ringing agents and asking them what's coming up on the market, how are things out there at the moment. Now, most real estate agents are pretty positive, upbeat sort of people, um, but you can often see f- through the fluff as well. So I'd be getting on the phone, ringing four or five agents, telling them that you're interested in property. Um, and a, and a, a good indicator, a bit of a litmus test is if you leave a message or you send an inquiry through and they get back to you in the next 24 hours, that means that their listings may not be as strong. Whereas if you've if there's plenty of um, hype and activity in the market and, and you're in, a, I suppose, a boom market, you might not hear from the agent if you just send through a general email inquiry for a few days. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting because he's that busy, he or she's that busy of like getting out there. Yeah, yeah so if, if Glenn James rings up and leaves three voicemail message and then tries a fourth time, then they'll, they'll get back to Glenn. But if John sends an email inquiry through him saying um, how much for this property, then... And yeah. you could probably ask a mortgage broker like in this area how like what's the workload been for the last year or two? Yeah. Like what, where do you feel the trend is? Yeah. And, like and temperature you, check. You, you can't ask enough questions of enough people, I think, in, mm. in the area that you're looking to buy. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. So we all know that we want to buy low and sell high. Yeah. Okay. As a general philosophy. Does that mean we can get ourselves a really good discount if we're buying when it is a gloom time or is it fraught with danger that there might not be any recovery for some time. Yeah. Which means we've bought a dog, which is going to stay that way for yeah. some time. What What do you do there? Mm. I mean, if you had millions of dollars, you'd be buying all over the shop in different times in the market, different price points in different um, set, suburbs and different types of properties, et cetera, et cetera. But when you've only got one deposit, and one crack at this, you want to make sure that it's going to give you the best possible chance, right? So referring back to the three ways, add value, buy at discount, capital growth, we want to try and capture all three, if not at least two of those when we, when we go in. So when you're buying in gloom, the chances of getting capital growth in the, in the short term are going to be limited or restricted because of the type of market it is vacancy rates are too high it's going to take um, time for that to sort itself out and and to come down and and be active again but 
can you get a discount in that type of market? Absolutely you can. All right, so that's where you, you discount, and we, we look at an equity matrix, I suppose, is what's the ability to get a discount in that type of market? Well, it's very strong. We may be able to get up to 10%. Mm. So what does 10% mean? Well, if I buy something for four fifty, um, it, it should be worth 500 grand. Now, the 500 grand is not what the agent says. It's actually what it's valued at or, or has been a sale that's comparable to that for, for close to the identical thing. So that's great. We've saved ourselves 50 grand. It's not physical 50 grand in the bank. No. So how do we realize that? Well, if we try and sell it in the next three months and the market hasn't changed, the next person's going to want to buy it off us for 450 grand, right? So we haven't realized that 50 grand. We need to wait for the market to improve to actually realize that. Right, And we need to make sure that the valuer springs out of bed and says, yeah, this thing's worth 500 grand. Mm. Right, So that's where we can take advantage of that. Now, how quickly that is really depends on when you buy in the market. So haven't really answered your question, mm. <laughs> but I've explained my reasoning around if you're going to try and get a discount, don't think that you'll get that discount amount back as soon as you buy it. But then it flows through to, you know, having a strategic broker who might order a couple or three different vowels yes. from different um, lenders or institutions. Yeah. Yeah. So you can play that strategic game as well. But if I go back to Perth, mm. like I could have got 10% discount two years ago in Perth. I probably still wouldn't have got that 10% back because no one was prepared to pay 10% more for it because of but the type again, of market. But then that it again, in. it wasn't really a discount because it's something's actually worth what someone will pay for it. Is and that and a, that's what I'm trying to get at is, yeah. is if it's starting to, if the market's starting to recover and I've got myself a discount, then great. But if the market stays flat for the next five years, my discount means bugger all. Well, it wasn't a discount. You just paid what it was worth. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so a discount only really applies if the market is moving north. Yeah, or moves north within the next w- within a short of years. time frame. Yeah. Yeah. What would you, what would you say is a short time frame in the property world? A year, two years? <laughs> yeah, I'd say next couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, the the whole share versus property conversation is is totally um, different, isn't it? Well, yeah, because you have got lumpy assets. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's been a very interesting chat. Anything you want to mm. finish on? In, in regards to the boom or the gloom? Or have you seen any horror stories? Or <laughs> Yeah, I, I think don't get caught up in the media is the biggest one, is, is do your own research, understand what to look for. And I've mentioned a few things that are easy to find right now. Mm. So vacancy rates are easy, days on market is easy, getting your hands dirty by picking up an, uh, the phone and talking to agents is, is easy, just take some time. And then I think... Once you stop listening to the media and start doing your own research, you gain the confidence and knowledge to be able to take some action. And the data should be out there. Like any of the real estate websites, you should be able to look in your area and look at the sales of the last year, get a spreadsheet out and just have you reference the same. So it might be two or three bedroom yeah. or whatever. So yeah. try and have all the properties the same. And if you're that way inclined, you could actually plot it in a spreadsheet and do a graph yeah. to actually see 
what the line's doing. Yeah, absolutely. But then again, like the real estate websites have that data most of the time anyway. Yeah, and they're getting better and better at that. Um, and th- to see historically what's trending as well. Like when you look on a, a website such as SQM Research, you can see vacancy rates for a certain suburb or postcode. So which way is the vacancies trending? Is it come down from 7% and now it's 4%? Mm. Or is it gone from 1% up to 3%, right? The one up to three is a concern for me because mm. it's, is it on the rise because of potential oversupply and people aren't buying stock? Yeah, and I guess the interesting thing is with investing, you really only want to be looking at trends because it is a slow-moving beast. Yeah. And I think trends are really important to yeah. look at. Oh, 100%. And it is a long-term play. If we're talking about going in, buying, getting ourselves a discount and then selling it 12 months later, real estate in my mind is not for you. Mm, mm. All right, John, thank you. Oh, and just before we go, tell us a little bit about the Solvair Wealth Online Academy. Yeah, so we developed something online about six months ago, which, which is basically everything that we've compiled in our um, one-on-one coaching program but online at your own speed you can work your way through videos tools worksheets action steps anything relating from goals and habits cash flow right through to team of people property strategies hot spots not spots um, and and talking about what a lot about what we're talking about now is is our buying a discount adding value capital growth how do we find all of that Mm. So, yeah, a whole heap of knowledge in there that you can action and apply. Um, will it get you rich tomorrow? Probably not. Um, but it, And it's only $300? Yeah, a bit more, but uh, you can probably get your yeah. discount to get your yeah, 300 so, so, I'll put a, uh, a link in the show notes. But this is interesting. Like, so, say, for example, I'll, if your course was $500, okay? Yep. $500 divided by 480000 is 0.1%. So... Not much. Would you want to invest 0.1% in learning as much as you can about maybe buying your first asset worth almost $500,000? Yeah, you would think so logically. I mean, the reason I designed it was 20 years ago, I was looking for something where I could capture a whole heap of information in one place. Sure. And, and that's what 22-year-old John wanted 20 years ago. So, that, yeah, right. that's, yeah, yeah sweet. absolutely. Sweet. Mm. All right. Thanks for the chat. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info, check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property education and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor, this online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you.
But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.